Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished individual from Singapore, Erin Lee Ning. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me, Ashutosh. Thank you. Erin uh, is the founder of Mindful Moments in Singapore. She's a coach and a trainer. So and let's start talking about mindful moments. Tell me about this venture. Sure. Um, I first started it in 2013, mm-hmm. thereabouts. And uh, what I had, my intention was to basically propagate the seeds of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I had um, started meditating and I had uh, gotten myself trained as mm-hmm. a mindfulness teacher, specifically mm-hmm. a mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher. Mm-hmm. And um meditation had really changed my life and I wanted to really help people, um, support people by um, introducing them to the practice mm-hmm. and basically to share with more people um, what mind, how mindfulness could benefit their lives. And, um, you know, mindful moments because I found so much value in just, you know, um, taking each moment as it comes. Mm-hmm. And so even, you know, as, uh, as we are introducing mindfulness to people's lives, even if they're just able to pay attention to themselves mm-hmm. and pay mindful awareness for just even one moment, it can be really valuable for them. Wonderful. So before I go any further, for our viewers and listeners, what is mindfulness? Um, So there are different definitions out there, and Mm -hmm. I like to use uh, one that I find Mm -hmm. is most um, helpful in Mm -hmm. understanding or just gaining a basic understanding. Mindfulness is really just clearly knowing what is happening um, inside of us, outside of us in each Mm -hmm. moment. As simple as that. Very, Very interesting. So, you know, when I was looking at your website, I was fascinated by a quote which says, what does it mean to be alive? Help me understand this uh, quote, because I'm sure it means much more than just the words. And if possible, give me an example. Well, um, it wasn't until I was about 30 years old Mm -hmm. when I realized that I really wasn't living. Mm -hmm. And uh, my past notions or perceptions about living was vastly different than what I have now. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized with meditation, with mindfulness, that I was basically living on autopilot all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was just allowing moment after moment to pass me by. So I was allowing a lot of um, habitual patterns and behaviors to drive my everyday life. And I was never really awake to myself or my the way that I lived or my relationship with this world that Mm -hmm. I'm I'm inhabiting. So mindfulness has really changed that for me. And by being alive, I don't mean that, you know, it's it's not so much about smelling the roses. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about um, enjoying life um, and indulging in sensual pleasures. Mm-hmm. It's really about uh, coming to know yourself. And mm-hmm. from these insights through observing ourselves, um, we understand a lot about, hey, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to move forward in, in this world? So yeah, that that's um, that was the insight I gained about being alive. How fascinating. So, you know, uh, I also wanted to understand from you how you work with different people. You know, uh, if I was to come to you and say, Erin, help me become more mindful, how would you uh, start the whole process? 
Well, um, I would first understand um, how you're living, mm -hmm. the way that you're living, um, primarily through your day-to-day -day life. That's the most telling. So I don't ask people about um, success or mm. achievements. Um, I go into the nitty-gritties of how they're living their day-to-day -day routines mm -hmm. um, and um, primarily what they would like to work on. But um, if from the lens of mindfulness, really it's about acquiring the skills mm. that we need to be able to live um, more wisely and to be able to cultivate uh, healthier behaviors for ourselves. Okay. So how I work with people is um, to understand um, besides how they're living from day-to-day -day life is also to teach them how to integrate the skills of mindfulness into their day-to-day -day life. So people may come to me uh, for personal coaching, mindfulness mm -hmm. coaching, and I spend weekly sessions with them, mm -hmm. um, guiding them through practices, helping them inquire into their practice experience so that they make sense of it and be able to understand why they're practicing and why it's important in their day-to-day -day lives. I help them to design their way of life mm -hmm. in such a way that uh, they're living more mindfully, incrementally, as we progress along the weeks and uh, to also commit themselves to this change that they, they want for themselves. So this is the individual work that I do with, with people. Um, I also do group work. Um, so I work with different organizations or corporates or institutions to deliver workshops, um, programs, courses. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And you also mentioned somewhere that uh, being mindful will help us to prevent challenges of mental health. Um, help me understand this. Sure. Uh, mindfulness is really a, a preventative approach and it's not a cure mm -hmm. for mental problems or mental health or emotional issues. Um, it's preventative because when we are practicing mindfulness, mm -hmm. we are really practicing the skills so that we are better prepared for challenges or difficulties or struggles or, or adversity without getting into the ultimate breakdown of our mind-body system. And uh, by learning to observe ourselves with mindful awareness, we're really um, you know, gaining insight into the nature of the mind and being able to tell certain signs or symptoms or triggers of um, stress, for example, mm -hmm. and to be able to preempt ourselves and readily, more readily with the skills of mindfulness, bring ourselves back to a state of balance mm -hmm. so that we can better recalibrate, we can regulate ourselves better mm -hmm. uh, before the ultimate breakdown of the system. So this is why it is preventative mm -hmm. rather than a cure. Wow. And, uh, you know, a lot of mindfulness uh, um, matters have been written about in Buddhism, in Hinduism, in Jainism, where are you drawing a lot of your knowledge and uh, you know, uh, wisdom from? So I started uh, with Vipassana meditation okay. and um, it is really insight meditation, Correct. observing the mind, the body for the way they are. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I was also particularly interested in the secular practice of mindfulness mm -hmm. Um, because of my background and the work that I, I worked in the corporate life for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I understand that not everyone is um, maybe receptive towards uh, more religious-based mm -hmm. practices or spiritual-based practices. Correct. So I was, um, so my training lies in more science-based or empirically-based 
practices, mm -hmm. although I draw a lot of my personal practice from um, studying and practicing uh, the Buddha Dharma. Mm -hmm. um, although um, when I bring my work out into the world, I'll have to see who I may be bringing this to. Sure. And just as a skillful means to be able to explain the essence of mm -hmm. living a mindful life to them, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what they may be open to. Fascinating. So, you know, you've been doing a lot of work with so many people. Uh, what do you think or what do you see are some of the mental health challenges uh, we are beginning to face or we are facing in today's world? And what can we do about this? Um, I think, you know, there are so many, you know, risk factors that contribute to mm -hmm. mental health problems nowadays. It could be um, internal, external, it could be um, environmental, social, and from the lens of mindfulness, um, I find that uh, we are not, we're just not paying enough attention to ourselves, right? Everything around us serves to pull our attention away mm -hmm. from the internal environment, the experience. And so we've really lost touch with ourselves. Um, and, um, you know, based on how the, the modern world and modern life is working right now, our attention becomes really fragmented. And this, of course, has an impact on our well-being when the mind cannot be settled and still. Mm -hmm. So uh, from the mindfulness approach, we're really um, advocating paying attention to the self, mm -hmm. um, not in a very um, um, ego egoistic or self-indulgent way, but being right. able to observe ourselves uh, non-judgmentally and be able to be more in touch with the nature of the mind mm -hmm. and uh, also the body and how we may be responding or reacting to some of the uh, stresses or difficulties that life may be giving us especially in this you know pandemic period mm -hmm. so for mm -hmm. example um, a lot of people a lot of us might be feeling like um, uh, we're busier than usual even mm -hmm. during the COVID period and uh, the boundaries between work and life have been blurred. Even mm. further, people are working longer hours. They feel isolated and lonely. Mm. And um, without this capacity to pay attention to ourselves, it's very easy for us to get overwhelmed by some emotions that we may be facing or we may um, relate to our thoughts in a very unhealthy way, for example, mm -hmm. or indulge in unhealthy behaviors. Mm -hmm. So this is where we come in with mindfulness practice, where you become more aware of how you're living your life and how you're responding to mm -hmm. what life gives you. And again, this comes back to being able to um, recalibrate ourselves and to regulate ourselves um, in times of struggle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, were, you just referred to uh, the, the, the challenges the pandemic has thrown for us. And this is something which is not unique to any individual country, but it's the entire world. What has the pandemic done to mental health? And how is mindfulness going to help us manage that? Um, so I think um, there's a lot of grief mm -hmm. going on. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, definitely. Mm -hmm. And uh, from what I have observed and also surveyed around me. Um, uh, for example, here in Singapore, I do hear a lot of us saying that we feel very stuck. Mm -hmm. Like we're stuck. And I think it's not just about not being able to travel overseas, uh, even though borders are opening right now, but things are still uncertain. Mm -hmm. and I think people are not, um, uh, we're trying really hard to adapt. Mm -hmm. And uh, certain uncertainties, 
uh, from the pandemic is is probably making us feel more fearful than usual and more anxious than usual. Um, we don't know when this might end, or it seems like the process is really slow, and we're keen to just get back to our normal ways of mm. life. Mm. And uh, I think what the, the value of mindfulness is really allowing us to be able to take things one one day at a time, mm. one moment at a time. Um, and it's not that the future is not important. It is important, right? We have to um, make put in effort to collectively work towards and progress towards mm. uh, a future that's that's healthier, that's more functional. Um, but when think when certain things are out of our control, um, and we are reacting to things that are out of a, out, out of our control, and this of course has an impact on our well being. So how mm. are we able to manage that with mindful awareness and just being able to cultivate an open, non-judgmental attitude with a certain level of acceptance towards what we can't control mm -hmm. and just be able to um, settle the mind and body a little and just be at ease mm -hmm. with um, the conditions that the world is presenting to us mm -hmm. right now. Very interesting. Um, and my next question to you, Erin, uh, would be what is the role yoga plays in mindfulness? Right. Um, so I, I'm not a yoga teacher. Um, mm -hmm. I do practice some yoga. I'm not an expert in it. But um, we do incorporate uh, yoga mm -hmm. or yoga-like or yoga-inspired movements mm -hmm. in, in mindfulness practices. Mm -hmm. And this is really, this serves the intention of paying attention to the body. Mm -hmm. In mindfulness practice, it is really crucial for us to pay more attention to the body because the body can tell us a lot about our state of mind, about our state of health and, and a way of being. And so uh, when we practice, say, um, mindful movements or yoga movements, mm -hmm. and we pay attention, we slow the process down, we really pay attention to the sensations in the body, we're really allowing ourselves to become more sen sensitive to the body, and also to cultivate, um, again, a kind of non-judgmental awareness towards mm -hmm. uh, what the body may be telling us. Right. And uh, this definitely can uh, positively impact our well-being as well. And I guess uh, Tai Chi does exactly the same thing. I mean, you know, slow uh, movements uh, and thinking about everything that you're doing. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a question which uh, uh, may be a little uh, you know, challenging you, but how do I know that your teachings are working for me? an interesting question and first mm. of all i'd like to um, suggest you reframing that question okay it's not uh, so much my teachings mm -hmm. um, it's really about the practice of mindfulness and yes. i have been asked this question a lot before so okay. um, usually people want to know that the time and effort that they're investing in this practice mm -hmm. gives some kind of returns Correct. so how do you know if this practice is working for you mm -hmm. and i would say that um you know it's, it, it really boils down to the way that you're living your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And do you observe any changes in yourself, right? In terms of um, your, your routine, how you're, you're living your day-to-day -day routines, mm -hmm. um, your relationship with stress, uh, your decision-making, you can observe your behaviors. So an example might be if someone came to me to work on their reactivity, emotional reactivity. Mm -hmm. So let's say they are, um, they, they find themselves to be quite impatient or they get angry or triggered really easily. And maybe before you started practicing mindfulness, uh, something used to bother you for days and weeks mm -hmm. to no end and you lose sleep over it. 
And uh, with continuous and consistent and effective practice, do you notice a change in, um, in yourself in the way that you process things? And maybe um, now it just takes you three days and you're, you're feeling okay. And mm. as you practice more, maybe you're, you're fine in one day or half a day or 30 minutes or even five minutes and you're back to a state of balance. <laughs> okay. So this is really about um, building your resilience and your ability to readily come back to a state of equilibrium for yourself. So I guess what you're saying is there's a lot of self-assessment and self-judgment in my absolutely. understanding of mindfulness, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So my next question to you uh, is that in today's world where there are stresses and today's world is really the younger generation who's taking charge uh, of a world which my generation seems to have messed up very badly. Um, how are the millennials and the Gen Zs coping with their own challenges in such a highly stressed world? Well, um, from what I have been observing and fortunately witnessing is that um, the younger generations, I mean, I'm a millennial mm -hmm. and I'm also observing the Gen Zs as well. And I find that we collectively are, are more open mm -hmm. to conversations um, specifically about mental health. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it doesn't used to be as um, taboo as, as it was before. And uh, people are more open to exploring it and being able to talk about it and not feel as much shame um, about it being a condition that they may be facing. Mm -hmm. And also I do witness a, a readiness to explore options for themselves and to, to seek resources mm -hmm. that may work for them. And uh, I think we um, collectively, the younger generations also feel more compelled. They, they take ownership more mm -hmm. ownership of their mental health and say oh let me explore what could work for me and not just for me but for the community that mm -hmm. i'm a part of and let's collectively work towards uh, a better humanity mm -hmm. yeah fascinating so i've got time for two more questions and i'm going to come back to mindful moments uh, talk to me about two of your initiatives which are take a pause and the other one is the big sit yes i'd love to share uh, so take a pause um, is a, an online virtual community uh, that I have um, sort of put together um, via the platform Insight Timer. Mm -hmm. And uh, whoever is interested in practicing very foundational, no frills mindfulness, they can feel that they can just uh, log on to the app and join mm -hmm. uh, the, the live event. So it's a live practice session and it's really simple. Um, I'm just guiding uh, a practice for about half an hour mm -hmm. and I introduce the practice of mindfulness once a week. And um, I also close each session with a reading that I curate from a book or from an article or from some poetry. And I invite everyone to practice mindful listening with me. So it's really a chance for us to just take a pause. It's on a Sunday night. So just before you begin the week, maybe mm -hmm. we can bring ourselves back to more stillness and more mm -hmm. a state of balance. So that's take a pause. Mm -hmm. And uh, the big sit is really interesting. Uh, this started um, in Singapore. Uh, on Mindfulness Day in 2020 in the pandemic, during the pandemic itself. And uh, we had wanted to explore bringing meditation, mm -hmm. mindfulness to a public urban space and just have everybody have a different way of um, socializing since mm -hmm. we're all isolated, um, you know, just to come together. And even though we're not mingling, we're not talking or chatting, um, we are sharing this collective 
stillness and this shared value of of uh, well-being the importance of well-being mm-hmm. so the big sit um you know so we have done uh, uh several runs now about 10 runs in singapore now mm-hmm. uh, on like a, a once a month basis where mm-hmm. we just gather at a public space and in singapore we had chosen the cbd area one of the most stressful and busiest mm-hmm. areas mm-hmm. and it's quite uh, phenomenal just to have a group of people settle and sit for an hour and just to practice and wow. uh, the big sit has uh, also expanded to the city of London as well. Mm-hmm. And we have a team there also organizing the big sit um, on a regular basis. Wow. So I've got to ask you a couple of more questions. Uh, and these are for you personally. Sure. For someone who uh, uh, you know, understands mindfulness, who spent time in the corporate world, who's helping so many different people, what does success mean to Erin? Uh, you know, I, I've always had some trouble with this question, Ashtosh, because um, I, I've never been able to, e- even having worked in the corporate world, I've never been able to define uh, what success means to mm-hmm. me and uh, being able to reconcile um, what success means to the majority of people out there. And I, I often ask people this question. Okay. So um, I, I guess from just, you know, through reflection and contemplation, I think um, success to me and in my field of work means that I'm able to bring um, value mm. to people's well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm able to witness this in the work that I do, mm. then I, I feel a lot of joy in me. And it, it can be just something as, as simple as someone being able to pick up mindfulness and saying, oh, I, I know how this helps me now. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I am making better decisions for myself mm-hmm. and I'm experiencing more peace and being able to hear this from people and witness this. I think um, it's, it's very precious to me. Wow. And my last question to you now, and uh, this is a question on failure. You know, um, most of us in, in India or South Asia or even East Southeast Asia, I've, have not been taught it's okay to fail. We've always been taught, come first in class, go to the head of the line, et cetera, et cetera. And yet we fail, we learn. So my question to you, Erin, is what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes? I, I, um, I too grew up in a culture where, um, you know, meritocracy and everybody's just striving to achieve. And mm. um, I, I really struggled with this. Mm. And um, I think... Um, you know, it's, it's not really about, um, so I, I think with me, um, the biggest misunderstanding, I wouldn't say it's a mistake, mm-hmm. but it's uh, the biggest misunderstanding that I've had about myself, mm-hmm. about my place in this world, was that I'm alone mm-hmm. or that I function alone. Mm-hmm. And this is something that quite um, in some way, ironically, that mindfulness or meditation has taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though mindfulness or meditation, the practice itself is, a, is quite an individual endeavor, mm-hmm. but it is through this individual practice that I realized that, hey, I'm really not alone because, mm-hmm. for example, if I had to um, do my work as a mindfulness teacher, I do need the support of so many people around me directly or indirectly. Mm -hmm. And when I was going through some really hard times, I used to think that I was all alone, I was Mm -hmm. isolated and I didn't have to answer to anybody. And uh, whatever I I did was nobody else's business, Mm -hmm. Um, but I couldn't have been more wrong because Mm -hmm. it is through being aware of 
myself and my relationships that I realized that mm. I am part of this common humanity. And this is one of the biggest learnings because this learning has um, driven so much of my work out there, mm. engaging people, bringing people together to practice mindfulness and meditation. This is one of the biggest learnings wow. that I've had. Wow. Oh, wonderful. Uh, on that note, I think uh, I just want to thank you. It's been such an incredible conversation. Thank you for talking to me at so much length about mindfulness. I've learned so many new things from you. Thank you for uh, all the help that you are giving so many different people. Thank you and good luck. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.